0: Welcome to the Millennium Counseling Center podcast, where hope is yours, it's time to soar. I'm your host, Oren Madison. It's time to rise above and celebrate healing, hope, and recovery with the Millennium Counseling Center team. Special thanks to Kaz Source, who helps us with the production of our podcast. If anybody needs any help or looking into podcasts, please reach out to Kaz Source at kazcontent.com.
1: Welcome to Athletes to Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, where we've created a platform for athletes and other alumni to do various things within their affinity group, whether it's networking, connecting, sales, getting jobs. But more importantly, this show has been designed to help athletes as they transition out of sports. It's a major issue today between mental health issues, financial literacy, and what we do is we interview former collegiate professional athletes and we talk about their transition out of sports, and then ultimately, it's all about teaching inspiring other athletes that there is, in fact, life after sports. So, so excited today to have Derek Bilsman. How you doing, Derek? I'm good, thank you for having me. Excited to be here, appreciate you having me on the show. You're welcome, it's a pleasure. So, uh, Derek was a college soccer player at Wisconsin, and then ultimately, he got a taste of uh, indoor soccer, playing professional soccer, and then he played. Uh, went, went back into the outdoor world of professional soccer. And once he got out of sports, he got into sales and into the recruiting industry. Ultimately, he ran some companies in that space. And today he is the executive director and the owner of Millennium Counseling Center, which we will talk about more later. So uh, Derek, we always like to ask people, talk about playing sports growing up and how it shaped you leading up into college. Yeah, I mean, I
0: think, I every day see things and understand things that I learned from playing sports and kind of the benefit that I got out of that. I think it there's a wide range of things you get, but I think one is you learn how to work hard and be competitive. I think you also learn how to work with other people, you know, teammates and and those things I think learning how to push yourself beyond what would be kind of mediocre, right? You're pushing yourself, you're trying to get to a higher level in something that takes extra work, concentration, preparation. All of those things. And then I think finally, a big, really important one is learning to take direction, learning to have, you know, a coach or a boss. We all have those in our lives. And I think learning to that maybe what I would want to do or think I should do might be different than what the team needs and being willing to, you know, adjust that for the betterment of the big situation. And I think we have to do that in a lot in life.
1: Yeah, that's great. And so many good areas you touched on there. And I mean, obviously, you can tell that Derek works in this space. <laughs> He's hitting all the, uh, all the key greens and athlete DNA. So um, when you were growing up, did you want to be a professional athlete? And if so, was it soccer or another sport?
0: Yeah. I mean, I played baseball, basketball, and soccer. My favorite sport back then was actually basketball. It's kind of funny. I got cut from varsity as a 10th grader for soccer and people were asking me what I was going to do. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was telling them, I want to be a professional soccer player. And they're like, you're NG, but you didn't even make varsity as a sophomore, right? Like you're not going to be a professional soccer player. So I got fortunate in that it actually came a little later. But I went through a big growth spurt my freshman year of college. So I was a little bit young for my age, and so I coming out of high school, it turned out that I was better at soccer than the other sports. And I had one Division One offer coming out of high school at a school that I wasn't interested in. And so I did want to play college soccer. I thought I could play college soccer. And then, like I said, I grew almost six inches and gained probably 40 or 45 pounds, mostly good weight my freshman year of college. So that kind of adjusted what my ability to compete would be. I'm and around 200 pounds. So I was a big soccer player, and that was a big part of how I competed. I was you know, kind of a pretty physical guy and had always played that way, even when I was little, but I was able to be more effective as I got taller and bigger and faster.
1: Yeah, you almost have a little, I guess it's kind of like the Michael Jordan story, right? He got cut, and look what happened then. <laughs>
0: Yeah, a little different, long run, but uh, yeah, yeah, but same drive, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why I always joke around and I say uh, I wanted to be a major league baseball player, which I did, but like, unfortunately, talent wasn't there, so I'm doing podcast yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> let's uh, fast forward to college, and uh, one of the things that we talk about in, in the show itself in transitioning out of sports is when you were there, and I know probably the answer because it's same with me, but were there any efforts to kind of educate athletes on? what life after sports might look like. And if not, then do you know if Wisconsin is doing that today?
0: Yeah, I mean, not really, right? I think that there was, with that being said, though, being like a non-revenue sport like soccer, I think that there was definitely a focus on academics and making sure that we understood that we were probably going to be doing something other than playing after college. But I don't think it was specifically for athletes. I think it was something that as soccer players, we kind of knew but back then they didn't really do much. There was not a whole lot of of preparation. They may have done things differently with football and basketball, but it didn't trickle down to us. I will say that University of Wisconsin is very proactive these days with their athletes and they've got a lot of different programs of ways they try to help prepare. The alumni connection and network is very good there. They do a good job of kind of letting you know what's going on and trying to connect to people who might be able to help current athletes. Sometimes it's done through the specific program, meaning you may have a soccer coach or somebody who knows people who could be helpful and he'll bring them in. But I think just overall, Wisconsin does a good job of giving resources. And some of those are by choice and some of them, they just provide for you. I think that it's just really important to understand that we all need to prepare for that. And how do we do that? And Some of it we kind of bumped along the way and figured out as we went. But I think that the schools in general are doing a much better job of it these days than they did. And I think it'll only continue to get better.
1: Yeah, I agree. And in fact, I've talked to some other people from Wisconsin. It it does seem like a a very progressive school. And I think more schools need to kind of take that lead. I mean, that's something we've talked about as a company and going into some of these athletic departments uh, with kind of a team of different resource partners in the financial, mental health, you know, career services, sales but not only working with the current athletes, but also tapping to the alumni athletes as well. Because I think, you know, as you know, a lot of, I think a lot of alumni athletes kind of get forgotten unless you're a star. It's pretty much like, okay, thanks and have yep. a good life. And so it's, yep. uh, it's kind of rough.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think you're dead on that. My hope is, is that there's now a shift with attention to kind of all aspects for athletes, including mental health, which is good to see you, to people are starting to To kind of set up programs and, you know, as we'll talk about it, we do some work in that space as well. But I think that the alumni, oftentimes that's where they really need the help, right? When you're in school, you kind of have an idea of what's going to happen, but you don't really know until you go out and live it and start to experience those things. And I think that's an area where people really need more support and help and resources that has been more slow moving than when people are still at the school and kind of relevant in the athletic department.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So um you led me well on that, like a segue into alumni engagement. Yeah, you touched on it. I mean, there's so many different facets of it, of alumni coming back and being involved in mentoring and stuff like that. So talk a little bit about that. I know, like you said, it's kind of scattered across programs. It usually it seems like football and maybe basketball might have better showings as far as alumni engagement. For what Wisconsin is doing today, I mean, are they reaching out to the alumni athletes and asking them to come back? And not just for like, you know, events, but more so to, you know, work with current athletes?
0: Yeah, I think there's a kind of a two-way road on that, right? If you're somebody who could be helpful to some of those folks and they don't know what everybody's doing, but I think that certainly what Wisconsin does well with is I think there's a pathway to do that. So there's people who would be interested in if you wanted to come back and do some work. And then I think that they also set up their own programs, but I think that a lot of times they don't even know what some of the people are doing or how that could be helpful. And so, you know, it's kind of a, you know, them sharing the resources that they're doing with the alumni and then also the alumni making them aware of the ways that they could be helpful. For some of those folks at Wisconsin, they have something called the W Club, which is for all former athletes. And that's a pretty expansive group and they do do quite a bit with that kind of a wide range of things you know sometimes it's inviting you back to a football game and then but there's a lot of kind of alumni events for former athletes and things like that where you can yeah even if the specific purpose of that is not to teach someone about mental health or finances but they put you in an environment where you can do that and you know make those resources available
1: yeah, that's great. And I mean, I think I'd mentioned too, we were talking offline. I had some conversations there with him and, and heard about the W club and that's great. I mean, I think it's, um yeah. people need to tap in alumni. Alumni want to help, um, but you're right. It is a two-way street. It's just, I, I think it's gotta be, I'd like to see more, and I was talking about this on another podcast earlier, just seeing not only the alumni engagement with the current athletes, but also somehow alumni to alumni and just being able to find those alumni that potentially do need help and then being able to tap into other alumni that are there for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the more everybody can do to try to make that happen and set up those types of conversations and resources will be helpful. And I think it'll be something that will be well used once people are educated on the fact that that exists.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. So let's talk about networking, connecting and talk about the importance, especially when you're still playing sports.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that most of my best friends are former teammates, you know, folks that I I played with. But it kind of goes beyond that. I think that, you know, if you look at depending on whatever career path you take, I think that these people have been through very similar things. They've had some of the same challenges that we all have with, you know, kind of transitioning from athletics to something different. And I don't know that networking was something I, my mom was a therapist. My dad was a college professor and my sister's a nurse. I didn't grow up in a business environment where kind of networking and who you knew was important. So it wasn't something that, or at least it wasn't stressed. So I think that for young people coming up through some of these connections you make with these people are going to be really important in your life. And you don't really know who those people are and because you don't know what everybody's going to be doing later on. But I think that people like to help and work with people that they've known and that they know kind of their character and they know their work ethic and things like that. And in athletics, you can see a lot of those things. You know that if somebody had a certain type of attitude, was a certain type of player, then they would probably do really well in something else. And so just looking at that and trying to stay connected to those folks, whoever they are, I think is a really big, you know, advantageous thing you can do for yourself as you move throughout kind of into your career.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I think sometimes when we talk about, it, I was talking to an agent, and he was saying that the best time to connect you with know, while you're still playing, and a lot of athletes are so zoned in and focused, understandably, that they kind of miss out on that, and then all of a sudden they're done, and they're like, okay, well, you know, where's my big job at all? and all Well, you know, unfortunately, you didn't do that connecting And some, and I think you brought something up earlier too with just with soccer, and it's the same with me. I ran cross country, and you know, some of the other sports might not be as pronounced. I think knowing that you might not have an opportunity to be, even if you do play professionally, that that's not gonna be the end end all, that um, you look at other opportunities moving forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, a lot of organizations, specifically for leadership and sales positions, they love former athletes, right? For the reasons what we've discussed before about the things that you learn in athletics. And, you know, I guess that's one piece to share with athletes is that to certain people and organizations, that will be something that they will look at as a really positive thing that you've done in your life and that you've been able to compete and have success and have that drive. And I think that recognizing that, that that kind of comes with the territory as you go out and try to figure out what you're going to do next can be helpful. And even people who weren't kind of high-level athletes understand the values that you learned in that and why that would be important in their organization to be a part of whatever they're doing.
1: It's funny because you perfectly you, I guess you got into my brain on that one 'cause that's that's something that I typically we talk because just the advice to athletes is that you know, you're in demand and you know, obviously Derek being in that recruiting space knows that and that was great advice. Just look at yourself as you, you're not just the football player, the soccer player, the baseball player, basketball. You know, whatever sport you are, you're a person. You got many years heady and people do want to hire athletes. I was talking to one on a previous podcast, uh, he was a former CEO for a couple of large companies, and he just talked about how he worked his way up the ladder, but just implored athletes that look, you know, you've got that skill set people want. You know, definitely go ahead and do that. So, this is a new twist that I've added to, to the podcast recently. So, give advice to the freshman Derek. Mm-hmm. What would you have to say?
0: <laughs> I think I would probably tell myself to be patient. That there is a. A kind of order that things go it's not often that you walk in as a freshman and you're the man right away you know and so put in your time and your work and i would say the number one thing is is you you don't know as much as you think you know right like whatever you think i think that's probably good advice for any freshman to any or former freshman self but i think just the value of hard work and having a good attitude and being a good teammate and being able to listen to a coach I think I did pretty well with those things, but at the same time, as you get older, you get wiser and you understand how you could have maximized that a little bit more and kind of recognizing that there's more of a big picture to it and that these things will play into different aspects in your future life, whether it's as a in your job or as a parent or as a spouse or whatever those are, that all of those same qualities are positives in any of those areas. And I guess the other thing would be just that things don't always turn out exactly the way you want them to, and that we can't take that as the final piece. There's a saying that says, everything works out in the end. If it hasn't worked out, then it's not the end. And I think that that's a very, very good advice, because I think that, you know, we have an idea of how we want things to go, whether it's about... Being a starter, whether it's winning the league or whatever your goals are. And I think that the people that I've seen who have the most success in the world are the ones who are able to kind of maneuver around that when the outcome is different than what you were hoping for. And I think some people get kind of beaten down and ultimately maybe quit. And I think other people want to prove that they wanted a different outcome. And so if you can find that, if you can find the part that says, hey, I don't like what happened. So I'm going to do everything in my power to make it turn out differently next time. If there is a next time, I think those are the people who tend to do really well overall, whether it's in career or as parents or just in life.
1: Yeah. That's so like, it would have been a whole shift there. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Now here comes maybe the harder one. What advice would you give senior Derek? Uh, Probably to prepare a little bit more for life. I mean, at
0: that point, the future to me was the best case scenario was that somebody was going to pay me to play soccer, right? So I wasn't thinking really much beyond that. I was trying to figure out how to do that and what that would look like and how I was going to make it. And I think it's just, I mean, I don't know that I would have listened to senior Derek you know, and some of that has to do with staying connected to people and, you know, kind of understanding what skills are transferable and, you know, what can you learn in that stage of your life that is going to be helpful later on. So I think maybe just being able to look at things a little bit more big picture than being so solely focused in on to what I was going to be doing next. But again, I think some of that, even with that advice, all of us need to live and learn a little bit and we need to go through some things in our lives to make adjustments and make changes. And I think that's a big part of learning and how we get to wherever we are is how we we've had has been the failures. Right. And so I think just learning how to maximize those situations, learn from it, not stay stuck on it and move forward, I think is kind of valuable life lesson.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So (laughs) That's been my new twist here. I've thrown that in a couple of times. It seems to, and you get a lot of great advice. So you're giving advice to your senior Derek or for freshman Derek, but it's a great advice to other athletes as they go <laughs> through that journey. Was there any challenges, I guess, in your transition from college sports to pro sports?
0: Yeah, I think that was a big one. I think that understanding that that's a job, right? That the way teammates interacted was different. The amount of time when somebody's paying you to do something and they expect you to do a lot of things. There's big expectations, particular I mean, in any sports, but particularly division one sports, there's a part of that where they're going to structure a lot of the way you spend your time and what you do and being at meetings and film and things like that. But it's even another level, I think, professionally, where between planning and meetings and film and weight room and training and all those things, it's just a different, like I said, it's like a full time job, right? Like when you're playing in college, it might be you know it's one of two of the biggest things that you have you have well, probably three you have academics, you have social, and you have your sports and in some order for everybody are those three. But I think that when somebody's paying you to do anything right, they have a certain expectations of what that means and what they get from that and then I think the other thing was kind of the inter team competitiveness. I mean you're fighting for jobs, people have families. How well you do can result in different types of contracts and things like that, and there's always a couple people who are ready to take your spot, right? And, you know, if you're one of the better players in college, your spot is pretty safe. I think professionally, you're always just one injury away or a slump away. And there's somebody else that's right there that's almost as good or, or is as good and hasn't been discovered yet. And so I just think that the inter competitiveness was different. Whereas uh, in college, it seemed like we were all kind of brothers. And I think yeah. professionally, there was a little bit more individuality as far as And I get it, right? I get it because people had to pay the mortgage and they had to feed their family. And so the stakes were higher, right? Especially for some of the players who were
1: a little more veteran. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you played soccer your whole life and attained your goals of being a professional soccer player. How was the transition out of, you know, now you've done this whole thing, now all of a sudden you're into the work world?
0: Like I said, a lot of those skills are transferable. I think that particularly the competitiveness, I went straight into a sales role. So it was like the perfect transition for me if my next step would have been an accountant, I would have been in a lot of trouble, I think, because I I needed to be in some sort of environment where I had to push myself beyond my comfort levels and I had to hustle, right? And that was the thing that really was helpful for me is that in sports, I wasn't always the most skilled player, but I had to figure out ways to still be successful even when I didn't have all the skill sets that I needed to be great. And I think that's one of the other things you learn in sports is, is you learn how to maybe not be the better player or team, but still win the game. And I think sales is very similar. You could work for a company that might not be as reputable or as good or have the same services or products as another company, but somehow you still are expected to go out and kind of get the business. And so I think that part of it was really helpful for me. And for, in my case, it worked out well, it transferred well. I think if I would have gone into a different industry, It might have been a little more difficult for me, but that seemed like a pretty easy transition to go from high-level competitive sports into a pretty salesy type of environment.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've had this conversation talking about sales, and I I kind of reflect back on my own career, and I was a distance runner in high school and college, and you know, when it was over for me, I got hurt. It wasn't that much of a big deal to me because I knew I wasn't going to be an Olympian or anything like that. I mean, I was a good runner, but not a great runner. But I do definitely, I did go into sales myself and I'd see a lot of my skill set by the strength, the determination, the focus, everything came, you know, as being a runner and especially a distance runner, where you got to be pretty mentally tough to do that. A lot of ups and downs, just like you have in sales. So it's, uh, mm-hmm, it's fun. Yeah. So today you've got Millennium Counseling Center and we talked about one of your focus, your teams, you focus in on the athlete transition as a sport. So let's talk about maybe some words of advice and some of the things that you see working with these athletes and what you're working to help them with?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's been a couple things. We've had this division for a number of years now, and it actually kind of started because I started working with a couple former pro athletes who had been looking for some form of counseling and had seen my background and my bio as somebody who had played high-level sports. And so that's kind of where it started. And as we got into it more, we recognized that there's, you know, as far as support for athletes, particularly anything to do with mental health, there weren't a lot of really great options. You have kind of sports psychology, which is focused a little bit more on performance. And then they had school counseling centers that were all overpacked and understaffed and difficult to schedule and so I think some of it is just you know understanding that even though the world may treat you like this that athletes aren't exempt from struggles and all the same ones that other people have whether it's mood or it's family or it's trauma in your life or substances those things that you can be great at something and still have to deal with some of those things and I think just being open To the idea, this generation, this younger generation is much better educated around these things than we were. But what's interesting, I would say for athletes is some of the lessons that we learn in athletics are fantastic and helpful. And some of them don't always help us, right? Like the idea that if I just try harder and run faster and practice more and kind of rub some dirt on it, right? Like with sometimes the things people are dealing with in life, you can't do that. And then I think the other thing is I think for athletes in general, it's really difficult for athletes to ask for help. And part of that has been, I think, ingrained in us that you shouldn't need anybody else's help. Just do it, right? Just, you know, Nike says, and just do it. That's it. So I think just being open to self-aware of what's going on in your life and then being willing to find the proper people to help you with it. Similar to You know, if you're struggling in school, go to the academic center. If you hurt your knee, go talk to the team doctor. And when it comes to mental health, things have changed quite a bit. You know, a lot of professional athletes have come out and talked about it. And then the other thing that I've been really happy to see is these colleges are taking it really seriously. You know, we've got in general, in the general population, you have more people who have had counseling, who are open to counseling, and also understand that there's varying levels of life that can be more severe or less severe. And, you know, for all these things, we have to learn how to find the resources that are going to help us and then be willing to ask for some help and then take that help when we get it.
1: Yeah. The key there is is willing to ask for help. Like we've talked about, and there's so many issues and it's a shame. I mean, you, you never wanted to get it to the worst case scenario, which we've seen some of that with athletes today, but, um, You know, definitely encourage athletes. You you know, reach out. Oh, anybody in general, but don't be afraid to reach out and and ask for help. I mean, people want to help, and it should never get to that thing. So, I'm hoping that they tap into different resources like yourself and organizations that do that. So, tell people how they can find you. Old school, I always say we'll put the show notes as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you can go to our website, which is www.millenniumhope.com and Millennium is M-I-L-L-E-N-N dot com. A lot of people misspell Millennium. So I like to tell people that. Yeah, and I think that we work with a lot of college and we have several different divisions at Millennium that we do. We do kind of general individual counseling around mental health, substance abuse, things like that. And then we do have, like I said, this division that we work specifically with athletes. And the way that we do that is also a little bit different. The way that we built that is, is we've primarily hired former athletes who are now counselors and therapists who are interested in working with athletes. And so one of the things that's helped us a lot with is credibility. The woman who runs our division is a former all-SEC volleyball player. And then we've got a former top 150 recruit basketball player. And we've got some different folks that are kind of intermingled throughout it that Really, I think allow athletes to be open to talking to somebody, and also feeling like they get it. I think that's one of the things that happens with athletes is is that they, and this is partially true and partially, you know, what they feel is is that not everybody understands what they're going through and what the whole situation is and the rigors of playing a college sport or a professional sport. So they want to talk to somebody who they think gets it, and we've tried to provide that for them so that they're able to have open, honest conversations. And yeah, so. <laughs>
1: That's great. And so I definitely encourage people to reach out to Derek and I'm assuming, I guess that everything's, it's probably national, right? Especially now with things being remote.
0: Yeah. I mean, we are primarily in Chicago and Miami, but what I would say is this, is I think that having done this for a number of years, you know, I have people call me and reach out to me all the time, asking questions, Hey, I need this type of person, or here's the situation. We have somebody going through something. Do you know anybody in Portland? Do you know anybody in Texas? And, So for the most part, we're within my world, we're pretty well connected and we usually know who the best people are. So I would say if somebody's, you know, doesn't really matter where you are, what part of the country, whether you're an athlete or not, you know, I'm always happy to try to help people and connect you to the right people. If it's us, great. If it's not, that's okay too. But typically we are a good resource for helping people find what they are looking for. And so if you're struggling with anything, need help with something, there's people out there that are willing to help and not even if it's directly affects them any positive way. But I think just in general, people like to try to be helpful. I know we do. And so I would just encourage you to try to get to the right people and don't be afraid to ask the questions and be honest about what's going on. And Everything doesn't have to be miserable. Life has its ups and downs, but there's people out to help there with that. And I think again, it goes back to the same thing you said before: asking for help is difficult, and you kind of have to push through that part and just be willing to, you know, let your pride settle down a little bit so that your life can move on and get better.
1: Yeah, yeah. This has been great, and you can find us at alumni direct You can follow this show, athletes, and entrepreneurs, and alumni journey. Uh, on our YouTube channel, as well as across all the different podcast networks. And I really encourage people to listen to this or watch the the show. There's so much great content from athletes like Derek and just sharing their thoughts and just ways to help athletes in this, uh, you know, again, what sometimes could be a really rough transition out of sport. So thank you, everybody. Derek, thanks again. It's been a great time.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on and I love the work you guys are doing. And yeah, always happy to help in any way I can. And so I appreciate you having me.
1: Sounds good. All right, you take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Millennium Counseling Center podcast. Where hope is yours, it's time to soar. Continue along your journey of healing, hope and recovery with us next week. If you want to learn more about mental health, recovery, or if you just need someone to talk to, send us a message on Instagram or fill out the contact form on our website at millenniumhope.com. We are here to talk.